0: out into the world with action. Welcome friends to Someone Gets Me. I have a great guest for us today, Linda Burhans, and I've known her for a long time and I'm inspired by her all the time. So I'm so excited for you to hear the wisdom she has to share with you today on how to accept and receive help. As visionaries, as gifted people, as people on the go, Or people who don't feel understood. You know, all of us are kind of pushing out the envelope and receiving and accepting help or assistance is really challenging. And Linda is an expert in this and she really helps caregivers and all kinds of people. She is so well known and she has a talk show on the radio and she's an author and she works with people But one of the other things I love about Linda is I'm with her on Facebook. She puts some of the most beautiful photos of nature up I have ever seen. I'm always excited to see beauty through Linda's eyes. So welcome to the show, Linda. I'm so excited you're here to to share some of your inspiration and wisdom with all of us around the world. So thank you for coming. Joyful
1: and grateful to be here today.
0: (laughs) It's great. So tell everybody a little bit about Linda. Like, how did you get where you are? And whatever, whatever comes out is perfectly
1: fine. I mean, we all well, have long like my, stories. My tag is, I'm the gal who cares for the caregivers with love, laughter, and lessons learned. Because I got plenty of all of that. Um, actually, I took care of my mom. I, I took care of my mom. It was unexpected. My mom moved down to uh, Florida from New York. And uh, four months after she moved down, she was diagnosed with stage four colon cancer was not the plan. Um, but to make a long story short, we had a fabulous adventure. And um, it was three weeks before she passed away, and I was living with her then. She was very ill. And I tucked her into bed one night, and she said to me, good night and God bless. And I thought that was going to be the last night I was going to hear it. And I went in the living room that night, and I was, God, please, I'm not ready. Give me a little longer. And the next morning, she looked good. And I started writing my book, good night and God bless. And I wrote through the last three weeks of her life, and my grieving process. And then I reconstructed our adventure from the year before for my journals and my calendar. Uh, the book was published right away. And when I, went up to, when I went out to publish the book, every, to promote the book, every single dime people come to me crying, saying they needed help. And no one told me about anything when I took care of my mom and I'm not a dumb bunny, but you don't know what you don't know. So since then I've facilitated over 1600 support groups and workshops for caregivers. I just want to find help the caregivers find the joy in this journey because your caregiving experience can be the most horrific experience of your life or pretty close to beautiful, depending on how you handle it. Right. And
0: and being a caregiver, define for everybody who's listening, when you use that word, I understand what, what you mean by that, but give everybody a context of what
1: you're, what you're well, saying. Well it's very funny when when I first started going out being a caregiver advocate. I had to educate the caregivers on who they were before I could help them. (laughs) Because their thing was, a caregiver? Oh, that's somebody that works in the hospital or in a nursing home. Uh -uh -uh. Rosalind Carter said years ago, you either are a caregiver, you have been a caregiver, you will be a caregiver, or somebody's going to be taking care of you. So I say it's an equal opportunity thing for everybody. But if you're caring for a child, a, 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 a spouse, a parent, if you're bathing if you're feeding if you're taking that med- you know taking care of their meds if you're a caregiver mm-hmm. right. but they, what people say is oh i'm just the faithful daughter or the good spouse yes you are but you're a caregiver because mm-hmm. once that caregiver gets help then they get to be the faithful spouse or the daughter and not the caregiver
0: right so what i and i think that's a really important point too you know that Sometimes I think people, they end up unexpectedly in the caregiver role, and strong people can rise to the occasion and just start doing what they need to do. And I imagine that people can get really weary and really burned out and really tired and depressed, and it must really wear people down from the inside out, and maybe have a belief they're not allowed to show it, you know, until, until it's a really big crisis. Is that something you run into?
1: I'll tell you, one of the first things caregivers say when they come into my support group is, my life wasn't supposed to be this way. Mm. and The second thing they say, and what happened to my family and friends? But I'll tell you what happened to your family and friends many times. You pushed them away. Mm. So I, after my mom passed away, I'm in a supermarket one day. Mm. I meet a friend of mine and she said, how are you doing, Linda? And I said, I'm doing okay. And she said, you know what, Linda? When you took care of your mother, you stole my joy. I said, I did what? She said, I could see you swimming in quicksand. And every time I asked to help you, you said, I'm okay. She said, you stole my joy. So I tell caregivers, don't steal your joy of your neighbor or your friend because they're asking you because they care about you. And I think what happens is somebody will say to a caregiver, what can I do to help you? The caregiver is so overwhelmed already. When you ask them that, you just put one more thing on their list. Now I got to think about what you can help me with. So I suggest that people just go out and do something nice for a caregiver. It's so easy. You can, there's a million things you can do. And I also suggest to caregivers, I, I call it the AAA dilemma. They don't ask for help. They don't accept help. And they don't acknowledge themselves. I said, take a little time to sit down and make a list of some things you can accept help with. And then when your neighbor comes over, you just pull out the list. Hey, could you mow my lawn? Yeah, I've been asking you for nine months. You know, and, and they, they want to help you. And, but you have to be specific too. You can't say, can you come over one day and spend some time with my mom? Cause one day doesn't happen. But he would say, can you come over Tuesday at two o'clock? And one woman came to one of my seminars and she said, I thought about what you said, Linda. And when I went home, I made my list. I only put one thing on my list. And if anyone asks if they can help me, I say, if you can come over any afternoon between two and four and let me take a nap, that would be wonderful. And her next line was, I'm pleased as punch to let you know that I'm now napping seven days a week and my husband is getting seven different visitors that had stopped coming. Mm-hmm. So it's a win-win. Because right. if you ever keep saying, I'm okay, I'm okay, or uh, then people feel like they're getting in your space, so then they step back and then you're crying that you have to do it by yourself.
0: Right, right. Because people naturally do want to help. And, and I like that you're mentioning about being specific. Because I know that I've reached out to people before and, and said, What can I do for you? How can I help you? And they it either overwhelmed them because I put something else on their plate or they didn't know what to say. And so I've started and I I never you I'm, I'm glad I've been doing this. I just start doing things. Right. Or or giving them choices. I can go grocery shopping or I can do your laundry or I can take you right. for a ride or let's go out and eat. I'll you know, let's go I'll drive. And if I can give suggestions, like a couple choices, even, then it, I think it helps their brain, like kind of dial in and be able, because they're already stressed
1: out enough. It's hard right. to think of the, hard to think of the thing that the person can do. One of my caregivers just called me this past week, and so she's isolated in the house with her mom who has dementia and who has other medical issues also. So she's definitely not taking her out anywhere. She needs some groceries, but she didn't feel comfortable in asking anyone. Well, one of her neighbors just went and brought groceries and just left them by her front door and rang the bell and left. And she said, I took that bag in the house and I wept because I needed that milk and those eggs so bad. And how did this person know that my husband likes jelly donuts? She said she found out later it was one of her neighbors and her neighbor said, he just looks like a jelly donut kind of guy. Right. So how simple.
0: It's so simple, yet so many people make it sound and feel so difficult, you know? And so, when somebody becomes a caregiver, it's kind of like a shock, like what happened to you, like it wasn't in the plan, uh, it wasn't coming slowly where I knew what to do, and and there was all of that. How do you help somebody through that initial like shock, oh my, look where I've landed phase?
1: Well, I, I can't say enough about caregiver support groups, and especially today now with what's going on, we can do them online. Because before this, I was doing three support groups a week. Now I'm doing seven because there's such a demand for it. Or if you're in a group of people and you can just share some ideas and just know that you're not alone and just learn some words, some terminology, some, you know, a woman came into one of the groups. This is three weeks ago. Her husband religiously reads the newspaper every single morning. Her husband has dementia. He wants that newspaper every single morning. There's no newspapers now. If anything, maybe twice a week. She said that he's going out of his mind. So a bunch of people in the group had old newspapers. They mailed them all to her. So she said to him, you don't have to go out front and get the newspaper anymore. I'll have it on your chair in the morning ready for you. And it's the same old paper. It's just recycled. He doesn't know, but he's happy. How simple. Now, I don't know if I would have thought of that, but one of the girls in the group thought of it.
0: Right. I have a friend of mine who goes, there's nothing that can't be solved without the right genius network, right? And it's like, so you bring all the people together and everybody in their own genius comes up with a solution.
1: Well, you know, something else I'd like to talk about. I have on my business card, it says on my business card in the back, it says the person I'm with has Alzheimer's or dementia, which makes it difficult for them to find the right words and understand what has been said. Thank you for your patience. Mm -hmm. So if you're in a restaurant with your loved one or a store or wherever it is, and they're getting a little antsy, or they can't make up their mind what they want, and the person's getting a little irritated that's waiting on you, if you just give them this card, they're like, oh, no problem. Because everybody, if you know, you want to help. And uh, I give them out all the time at my support groups. And one woman called me, and she said, can I have 18 more cards, Linda? I said, sure. I left them by my house, and she came and picked them up, and she came to the next group, and she said, those cards saved my life. Well, her husband has dementia. He's starting to wander. They live in a mobile home park. So he's starting to go in people's yards. When he walks the dog, he's not always cleaning up the poo. So she went and she gave one card to every neighbor. And they said, he can come in our yard. We'll clean up the poo. Maybe he'd like some lemonade. So now she has the whole neighborhood loving and and, and caring instead of being angry. Mm -hmm. But she had to ask for that help. She had explained that to them because they didn't know.
0: Right. And so sometimes people's pride and not wanting to tell somebody um, can get in the way because that keeping that wall up can make it so that the people who could help and who would be welcoming don't know. And if you don't know, you can't step in and support somebody somehow. Right. Because we and want absolutely. to help. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. You yeah. Know, it's and very it's, interesting. It is. You hear, the way humans handle how to receive help, how to give help, if they even need it or not, you know, all of those different things is is quite fascinating, especially when it's a situation that is either like Alzheimer's or dementia or something that's very life altering and progressive in a way that, you know, you can't predict necessarily. And, it's not different than being a caregiver to somebody who's 20 who broke their leg and in four weeks they'll be done. Right. You know, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. And there's so many more factors. And so I know you do these little Tuesday tips to help people. And, and I I think they're magical. I I love them. And what would be a couple tips you would have for somebody who's like, wow, like, I mean, I am a caregiver, and I didn't even really realize it, that can help them not become so weary.
1: To help them... I'll give you you an example. This is a personal example. Mm -hmm. I used to have custody of my grandchildren for almost six years. Mm -hmm. This goes back to about five years ago. And I'm waking up in the morning stressed, cranky. Um, I don't understand common core math. Um, They can't find their sneakers. I, you know, just... I was really... Getting sad and everything. I said, Linda, I can't do this. So I would get up in the morning, and walk my dog. I don't have my dog anymore, but I still, unfortunately, she passed away, but I still do this. I live on Lake Seminole. And every morning I get up and I take a walk. I go out on the dock and I say my prayers. This is when it's really quiet before anybody else is up. And say, Tell me what you want me to do today because I don't have a clue. And then I take a picture of the sunrise or a duck or a flower or whatever. And I post it on Facebook, and I say, good morning, Seminole. Well, people are expecting that from me every morning. So every morning, I wake up looking for something beautiful, and I find it in less than 15 minutes. And it's everywhere, wherever you go. If I'm in New York City or wherever, because the more you focus on it, the more you see the beauty, the more gratitude you can have. And gratitude just makes your your life better. And there was a, a gentleman one time, I went to a seminar, And I was in the audience and people kept walking by and go, good morning, Seminole. They're like, Linda, that's much better than the politics, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And there was a gentleman sitting next to me. His name was Dave, my dad's name. So I liked him already. And he was one of those vets. He's got the flag everywhere, you know. (laughs) And he says, can you tell me what good morning, Seminole is? So I explained it to him. Now, I also, besides posting it on Facebook, I email it to my stepmother. She lives in Manhattan because she lives alone and I live alone. So every morning she has one hour to get back to me, so I know she's okay. And Every morning she sends me back an email and she says, magnificent, a watercolor. So every morning I get kissed by my stepmother. And then I also separately text it to my brothers and sisters and a couple of my caregivers that I feel needed in the morning. So the gentleman I'm showing the pictures on my phone, he turns around to his wife and he turns back to me and he goes, we're 92 and we don't get out too often could you send us that picture every day too? I said, sure. What's your email? He says, DNS Beach Bums. I said, well, that must be an AOL. I said, well, that's an old email. So I would send him the photo every morning, and just once in a while, he would say something. And then a while back, I got an email, and the woman said, I don't know who you are, but my dad passed away. And I want to thank you for sending him those photos. And I want to let you know that he has 10 of them framed in his office that we're donating to the library. How wow. sick, From one more. Buh, from one more press of a button. Mm-hmm. We can all do that. We can do that every day. People says, "Oh my loved one, they can't, they can't do anything. Can they take a walk? Usually, they may need a walker, they may need a chair, whatever. Can you take a picture? Everybody's got a, a camera on their phone today. So some of my caregivers go out in the afternoon with your loved one, take a walk and find something pretty. Yes. Yes. I love your
0: good morning Seminole pictures.
1: (laughs) And I walk around
0: and I take my dog out for early morning walks as the sun rises and look for things to take neat pictures of. Or then I do my Facebook live that has all my gratitude on it. You know, just share my thoughts of the morning and insights. And I look for your pictures because I love them. And I didn't know why you did them until you just told me right now. Right and now, I love them even more. But what I love about them all the time was there's there's like a simple beauty in the things you capture. It's like not all cluttery, and there's not a. It's just beautiful, and it's just there, and it's nice. Like I can exhale when I see those pictures, and okay. now.
1: You know, people started commenting more. on them. So I have another Facebook page that's called "Good Morning Pinellas County and Friends," and people from all over post their nature pictures now. Oh, so that's nice! Full, so cool, you know? Yeah. So you started a nature posting
0: picture movement. I'll have to go on that page yeah, too. Yeah, more or less. No people. No people allowed. <laughs> no, just the just the nat. Uh, I'm just saying this is the nature pictures.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. now I get to see now I get to see nature from everywhere.
0: Right. And nature is, nature is the way the universe runs, you know, that's what keeps us connected. So well, it's, it's who's running the show right now, that's for sure. Oh, yes, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So, reading is really important in being able to accept and receive help, but it's also it sustains our life and our inner energy and everything like that. And talk a little bit about the importance of breath, breath oh. and where you kind of, Put it in the scheme of your help for caregivers. Like, to, I'll, you know, tell you, persons... I'll, I'll
1: I'll get ready to do a seminar. That every everybody's sitting in the audience. And I, I deal a lot with dementia, and everybody's tense. And I'll say to them, um, "Are you here because you're caring for someone with dementia?" And some people raise their hands. I say, "Are you here because you think your loved one might have dementia?" Some raise their hands, and I said, "Are you here because you think you have dementia?" And then everybody raises their hands. <laughs> yeah. like they were so tense before that; you could see how tense they were, just even thinking about the topic. So I always start out every seminar first. I tell them to give themselves a round of applause for showing up. And when you clap for yourself, that kind of makes you feel a little better too, you know. Right. And I remind them to breathe. Just breathe. I see people gritting their teeth. I mean, just stop. Just stop take a breath. Just exhale. Just do it a couple of times. I, it took me a long time to get into the habit, to the point where I used to have alarms on my phone. Like at 2 o'clock, an alarm would ring every afternoon to remind me to breathe and say a prayer. Um, but we get round, wound up in the day and everything that's going on and the tensions. And that's just like, when I said this morning, I'm joyful and grateful. Sometimes people look at me. Now, years ago, when I was going through that tough time, I used to say I was hanging in there. And one day I thought, who wants to be hanging in there? Why Mm -hmm. am I saying that? That's terrible. Never said it again. I always say I'm joyful and grateful. And sometimes people look at me and I go, some days I'm joyfully challenged, but I'm always grateful. Mm -hmm. So it depends on how you look at it. And, And caregivers need to know that Whatever mood or energy they're in is going to come right off on their loved one. So if they're tense and they're nervous, their loved one's going to see that, and they're going to be tense and nervous also. So Caregivers need to use the things we can, the the power of music, the power of photos. You know, um, I have one caregiver, and she said, my mom just follows me around all day long. If she could just sit down for two hours, Linda, it would just I said, can I come meet your mom? And I went and I met her mom. Her mom is 90 something and she used to be a teacher. So first we talked about the rotten kids and then how the teachers are underpaid. Well, what we do now is every Monday morning, we give her mom a big piece of poster board and a bunch of magazines. Mom, the teachers are teaching the kids next week about flowers. I need you to cut all the flowers out of these magazines and glue it on the poster board and you can't have any white spaces and it takes her two hours a day, Monday through Friday, to complete it. She feels wonderful. Her daughter feels wonderful. Her daughter started bringing it to the school. The kids started sending her thank you notes. We can find a way. You know, another woman was a seamstress. Give her a big jar like this, filled up with all different color buttons and shapes and sizes. And give her little boxes and she sorts them. Sometimes by color, sometimes by shape. Sometimes. And every now and then she picks up that one button and she's like, just on the just like the dress I made for you in second grade, and then our daughter sits down and has a nice little conversation with her. Pretty simple. Well, think about it. Think about what people like. Think about and just and remember how you feel is how they're going to feel. If you're grouchy, you, many times caregivers and that's the one. Okay, here's another tip: take some time for yourself. Yes. Okay. Many times we think I am the bomb caregiver. It is my
0: responsibility
1: <laughs> and no one can do it like I can do it. Believe me, many times the person you're caring for is thinking, could you please go away? <laughs> Give me a break. <laughs> when you finally take that respite care, you come back with a smile on your face, not a nervous or not a, you know, a lady said to me, Linda, I've been listening to your show for a year, but I'm a slow learner. She said, I, my husband's dementia is so bad, this was a couple of months ago, that we don't go anywhere, but I, I want to go to church. I still want to go to church and I can't take him to church anymore. She said, well, my neighbor's Jewish and he's always asking me what he can do to help me. She said, so I finally got up the nerve. And I went over and I asked, do you think you could hang out with my husband when I go to church on Sunday? He said, I would love to do that. She said the first week she came home from church, they were playing dominoes. They said, we don't need you here, go away. So now she gets three hours of respite every Sunday morning and her husband is glad to see the neighbor. And the neighbor is glad to see the husband and she's smiling more. And it's so true that we feel everybody's
0: around us energy. And if somebody is the caregiver is all stressed out and their energy is fearful or angry or spent or tired or whatever, that's going to be felt. Yeah. And and that we affect people that way, right? And so we want to be bringing into the situation joy and happiness or love or something, gratitude, something yeah. that is beneficial yeah. for the situation versus something and we can do not. that so
1: simply. You can do that so simply. Just turn some music on. You know, music soothes the soul and everybody likes some kind of music. You know, occasionally, not too often, most mornings I get up pretty easy, but occasionally I... I don't really feel like getting out of the bed. So I go, Alexa, play Uptown Funk. And the next thing I know, oh, not now, Alexa, stop. Alexa, stop. And then I have to jump out of the bed and dance. You know what I'm saying? But you can do that with your, people do that with kids. You can do that with seniors. You can do that with with anybody. Right, right. I love it. That's a great idea. Just turn on the music and start dancing. That gets you up. Yeah. Yeah. I have caregivers that do that so well. I mean, there's one caregiver. He's a male caregiver taking care of his mom. And every afternoon when it gets to be that sundowners time, where a lot of caregivers get fidgety and things, they have dance time. And they actually put on the music for an hour, and he just dances with her. And and the neighbors say they see them through the window, and they're laughing and smiling. and, And then she's exhausted. So she doesn't fall into all that other stuff and all that other worry. And it's a nice afternoon instead of a scary afternoon.
0: Oh, that's genius. Yeah. That's really great. Do you ever have any caregivers you help that are um, overthinkers that kind of think their way out of being the most used they could be and they make it harder on themselves
1: because their brains get in the way? It's so funny. Sometimes we just laugh through a support group because caregivers do some pretty ridiculous things. <laughs> you know, and it's very funny when one person probably admits what they did and then somebody said, yeah, I did the same thing too. You know, or I thought I had some control here, you know, or whatever. Um, and, and, and I think part of it, just knowing that nobody, everybody wants to be part of something. Everybody wants to be accepted, whether it's the caregiver, the person they're caring for. And when you're with other people that are going through the same thing as you, it's just so much better. Yeah. You know, I, I had a caregiver come into a support group a couple of months ago, and she walks in, she goes, My doctor told me to come here. I said, Oh, good. <laughs> Welcome. She says, Well, what do you do here? So I said, We share ideas and resources, and we lean on each other and, and tips. She goes, Give me a tip. I said, Excuse me? She goes, Give me a tip. I said, All right, I'll give you a tip. I don't know if it's one for you, but I'll give you a tip. So if your loved one has to go to the doctor's on Friday, don't tell him on Monday because he's going to be asking you all day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, about going to the doctor's. She goes, oh, my goodness. The other night, my husband was up at 3.30 in the morning, all dressed and waiting to go to the doctor's. And she slapped her hand on the table. She said, I think I'm going to like this group. And we all just started laughing. And just right. started, you could just see everybody just melt that, that tension away. You know, and somebody talks about, oh, my mom was incontinent and oh, all you know, and when you find out everybody else is, it's not as bad. Right. And so do you think that sometimes the people who have all that defense up in our grouching stuff, do you think that that's
0: fear underneath there where they're, oh, just, yeah. they're not sure what they're dealing with and they don't know what to do and they're scared
1: and they don't know how and to they say, they feel like have scared. no control. They feel like have no control. Yeah, no control, right? Yeah. And just, and and, to, and now it's even more fearful for caregivers. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know caregivers are usually taking care of people that are seniors mostly i mean there's other other caregivers but you know what i'm saying and they're afraid to go out and and someone who has dementia doesn't understand why they would have to wear a mask and 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 their routine because routine is so important to them and their routine is all messed up mm-hmm. um it's been tough and 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 caregivers passing away you know Unfortunately, many times caregivers pass away before the person they're taking care of because they don't really? take care of themselves. Wow, really? So oh. if I didn't know that part. There was, wow. a study by the, there was a study by the University of Pittsburgh mm-hmm. that 65% of the caregivers over the age of 69 are dying before the person they're taking care of because I don't go to the doctor. I take you to the doctor. I don't eat right. I make sure you're eating right. I don't sleep through the night. I'm making sure you're sleeping through the night. Well, then what happens? God forbid, if I die first, then who's going to take care of this person? And I've seen it. And, and, and then the worst scenario comes true. So there is help. There is respite care. There are people that want to help you. There are people that want to laugh with you and help you find solutions and ideas and different things. Because there's solutions for everything. You know, there was one caregiver that said um, uh, I ha- had to have my dad move in with me because he couldn't take care of himself anymore. I moved my office to my house. And then um, before I know it, she says the neighbors are coming over. And they tell me he's out wandering in the streets and stuff. She said so. And then I put bells on the doors so I could hear every time he went out the door. She said. And then one day she came to a meeting. She said if a bell rings again, I'm going to like jump off the bridge. So I went over to her house. And I said, "What doors is he going out? He's going out the garage door and the front door. I said, "Can you stop using one of those doors? She said, well, the front door we could. So what we did was we took the doorknob off and they had a chair rail around the room. We painted the chair rail right across the door and made the top and the bottom the same cover as the wall. So he didn't know there was a door there anymore. And then the door going out to the garage, we dismantled the handle. The handle was still there. We put a handle way up here that worked. And we put his favorite easy chair next to in his car magazine. So he tries to open he tries to open it, he can't open it, and he sits in the chair, he reads his magazine, or he falls asleep. Pretty easy. But if you don't know about that, you can't do it. Right.
0: right, it's easy when you know. And so when caregivers don't know, and they're trying to do it on their own, and they're not receiving any help, and they're not letting anyone in, and they're trying to power through in their own, way whether it's because they think they have to or whatever the reason then that's where the real problems happen and so being able to receive and then ask for help and then be able to like do something with the help that you get you know it's one thing to have you or you know somebody in the group give a suggestion but then it's also the caregiver to give it an honest shot try it out do what's do the suggestion or or take the advice you know
1: in my one support group, I had two ladies, and they were both taking care of their moms, and both their moms were about the same kind of diagnosis. So one day a week, the one woman takes both of the moms for three or four hours. Another day, the other woman takes both of the moms for three or four hours. And then on Friday, they all get together for three or four hours. So they each get some respite care. They each get some time to be together. I mean, it's brilliant. It's so simple, though. Uh, yes. And it's brilliant.
0: It's oh. so funny how the, the simple things that are kind of natural and easy are the answers that elude people. They're always looking for the difficult and convoluted kind of thing instead of just saying, well, what if we just did it this way? <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah.
1: What if we just tried something different?
0: Right. Right. What if we,
1: oh. And what if we just say, yes, I need help? It's okay. Yes. It's, I would feel terrible if a friend of mine needed help and I, and, and I didn't know it. And then they got sick or something because I didn't help them because I couldn't help them because I didn't know. Mm-hmm. You know, it's okay to ask for help. It's like Asking for help is not a weakness. Asking for help is a strength. Yes. I think people look at it as a weakness. No, strong people ask for help. Yeah. That's true. Strong, strong people surround themselves with people that know more than they know. Mm-hmm. Or stuff that I don't know everything off of bed that would really be scary yeah so i you know a lot of people
0: think that asking for help means i'm somehow not good enough or i'm weak or i don't know and and when really asking for help and receiving assistance and being part of the community like letting people in and all of that is a sign of strength
1: that's where our strength is well i always say when i speak to people i said you know what we're all the same schmoes that's a new york word but we all want to be loved. We want our health. We want a roof over our head. We want a nice place to live. Now, we may have different hobbies. We may have different intre- interests. But basically, we are exactly the same. And when you realize that, you have less judgments. You, meet, you get to meet more fun people. You get to meet more interesting people because we are all the same. Yes. I think we me you know, some growing up to learn that kind of stuff. Um, but it's, it's so true. And when you, when you look at it that way, it's just so much simpler. Right. And it's much more effective, you know, like we're
0: all more similar than we are different. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So let me learn some, you know, we have these innate things that are exactly the same. So tell me about some different stuff you got and I'll tell you about some different stuff I got. (laughs) Right. And that is fun. Yeah. Yeah. I love it when when I learn something that somebody knows that I don't know or something they do or a hobby or whatever. I think it's Mm -hmm. really interesting.
0: Right. Oh, yeah, the stories are great and and the, the history and the autobiographies and all the different experiences that we all have, yeah, bring us to where we are so that as we keep going forward there's just, just I just see it like this beautiful melting together of all these different flavors and everything, you know. It's just it's amazing. It's really amazing when I think about it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And we're in an amazing time now. We're in a very difficult time, but we're also in a good time. It's time to take stock. It's time to think about stuff. I, people tell me all the time, I never have any time to do this. You, well, you just had two months to do it. <laughs> so why don't you do whatever you wanted to do or pull those pictures out? or? But you do see people. You see people fixing up their houses. You see people cleaning out closets. You see you know, people doing different things, helping their neighbors that they hadn't even seen before. I got a ton of neighbors in my neighborhood, new neighbors. They've been living here for a while, but they were at work all day. Right. I never saw them before. Now I see them. That's kind of cool. I have to Great. go once a week. I volunteer. I sanitize chairs at the pool. Well, I met a whole bunch of new people, though. <laughs> what the
0: heck? Well, you know, it's because you know, when you're willing to step out and do something different like that or just see what's going on and stay optimistic and hopeful and grateful then things keep opening up and keep opening up and keep opening up. Yeah. So so is there any advice you would give somebody who knows a caregiver, like their friends or whatever, of a way to maybe support the person or be there for them
1: if that person's still having difficulty receiving? Okay, so we all go food shopping. We all got BOGO. Buy one, get one free. Just bring it there. Just bring it there. Everybody needs the basics. So it's not a big thing to think about. Or just come, you know, just, it's hard with the pandemic now with something that's a little harder. Mm -hmm. Say, I'm going to come over at two o'clock on Tuesday and spend some time with your mom, whether you like it or not. And you can go out for a walk or you can go in the other room and take a nap. And most of them will be like, What? (laughs) i'm coming what i'm coming they get used to it and it might be a little bit uncomfortable the first time that's okay and 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 when you go to visit mom she's gonna be so glad to see you whether she knows you or not if she has dementia she makes a new friend every single day so that's okay yeah so that's okay and just you know just do something for them send a dinner over You know, like I say, it's a little harder with the pandemic, but when, when the pandemic wasn't going on, you could just go over to your friend's house and take a basket of laundry. Something as simple as that. Mm
0: -hmm. Right. Taking action rather than waiting for the invitation to take action.
1: Yeah. That's a good one. I like that.
0: You know, I think sometimes people wait for the invitation longer and it creates more distance and pain for both people. When if, If the person who wants to help would just show up and then if that person really doesn't want it and pushes them away, that's on them. That's okay. And we just still love them anyway. But most of the time, I think it probably gets received
1: pretty well. Well, you know, sometimes people don't, sometimes people are uncomfortable with the diseases Mm -hmm. so they don't really know how to react around whoever your loved one is that has dementia or whatever. So that might be a little bit more difficult for them to say, I'm going to come over and spend two hours with your mom. But you know what? You can send a gift card for a massage or, you know, something like that. You could, if you don't feel as comfortable, maybe you could hire a home healthcare care company to come in for a few hours to spend time with that person so that the caregiver can get away a little bit.
0: Right. There's all kinds of flexibility and all kinds of options.
1: You know sometimes the sometimes the caregiver just needs help with all that darn paperwork they got to fill out mm-hmm. they're not good at doing paperwork maybe you might be really good at doing paperwork mm-hmm. if you go over there and say give me your pile of paperwork and i'll do it all for you oh my goodness you see how much someone will appreciate you
0: right yes because that paperwork can get so overwhelming i've had some friends of mine go through some challenges and the paperwork starts stacking up because it's so overwhelming and then more comes and then it's more overwhelming and they get yep. stuck. And so I'm like, I'm good at paperwork. Plus I'm not emotionally invested in it. So I can sort through it quicker because I'm not emotionally in it. So I can like say, ask questions and I can say, we keep this or this is what it is. This is what it says. And it makes it much, much better. I'm even doing that now with some people who are adult parents who are caregivers for their son who was in a severe accident and, It's like all of these things happening and they're still trying to, you know, support the family and take care of everything. And it's just way too much. So give me the stuff I can do. I can do this. I can help you with it. And if I need something or I can at least tell you what it's about and we can just determine like what pilot goes in, you know, exactly. And just opening the envelopes and laying it out for them was a huge relief. Yeah. You know, and it, it wasn't hard for me to do. It took me, you know, a few hours and plus I got to laugh with them a little and i brought them over some of their favorite coffee and we had like a little social time too but at least we got some of the things handled for them
1: yeah yeah so think about that people that are listening to the show there's many different ways you can help you could be just mowing somebody's lawn it could be taking their garbage out you know get them some groceries helping them with paperwork some laundry or just send them a massage or something like that or something right. here or something like that or or some essential oils or there's so many self-nurturing
0: things and so many things we could do to help support people in all different kinds of ways. And so whether we're the person trying to help or whether we're the caregiver who should be asking and receiving help or any person, really, it's learning how to be part of the human family. And so we're all meant to give and receive. Like that's the same side. It's different sides of the same coin, right? So if we are not very good at giving, then we're going to have difficulty receiving and if we're not very good at receiving, it's going to block up the ability for other people to give to us. Yeah. And, and it stops the cycle. It stops the beauty of the energy flow and all of that kind of thing.
1: Yeah. So how do you it's handle... Because I because I, I take pretty good care of myself because I can't be out there blabbing it if I'm not doing it. Well, I was just going to ask you, how do
0: you take care of yourself? What are the things that Linda does for your own sanity and well-being, helping all of these caregivers everywhere and really giving. You give of yourself so much. What do you do to take care of you?
1: Well, Good Morning Seminole starts my day with that. Mm-hmm. Three mornings a week, I go to Curves. They just reopened. Um, other days, I, so now I've had like social distance. So now I meet people at the botanical gardens and we walk six feet apart through the beautiful botanical gardens and talk. You know, the nature stuff works for me with that. Um, when we finish this interview, I'm going for a massage. Uh, they just opened up. I'm ready, um, but I'm not saying. You know what? There are tough days, and there are exhausting days. And the past couple of days, I had some tough days. I was just feeling sad with a lot that's going on with my caregivers, and and I and I had and I allowed myself to feel sad. It was okay for me to feel sad. It was okay for I'm taking care of my husband because he was my husband. So I call him my husband and he's failing and it's sad. Probably only has 10 months left to live. But I had to, I let myself have that sadness and let myself have that cry and then regroup and then regroup. So starting yesterday morning, I was regrouping again. Let's get back to the good because you, you can fall into that hole easy, especially with what's going on today. So I think sometimes it's just trying to be aware of how you're feeling and, and what's causing that feeling. Right. And, and experience a feeling and not stuff it or
0: hide it, but also to be aware, not to sink into it to the point where it really becomes a problem. To know that our, our feelings are always moving, so to not let ourselves get stuck. I think that's well, a really and big And Somebody point.
1: asked me the other day, how are you doing? And many times people want to say, I'm fine. I'm okay. I'm all, and I said, I'm sad. And they looked at me like, you're sad, Linda. <laughs> I said, yes, I'm sad. But right away we made a connection then. Cause I was honest about how I was feeling. Yes. You know, nobody's up all the time. Nobody's perfect all the time. Nobody's on all the time. And that's okay. Right. And that's okay.
0: And that vulnerability and authenticity that you have, that you've developed over all this time is how you can keep going because you can stay in the flow of your emotions and tell the truth about how you're really feeling. And you're, that's walking your talk. So it's like a living example for people around you to see that it's possible to have good days and bad days and weird days, and I'm not sure what this day is, and still keep on going and have joy and gratitude as well as all of whatever the other yep. things are, right? And, and that's a walking testimony billboard kind of thing, if you ask me. <laughs>
1: all good
0: it's true so I just I just love talking to you about all this because I think it's so important to for that level of, of inner honesty to be able to receive and, and get the help we need and ask for it and, and inner honesty in order to offer it and not use some cheap excuse or something to not offer something that we're feeling right. led to offer it's it's such a deep subject and it's also so simple at the same time that it eludes people it's like it's a yes and to me. And yeah. and I really love all that, that you've shared on the show. It's really great. Thank you. Is there, is there anything that you wanted to talk about that
1: we didn't mention? You know, the only other thing I would say is uh, with caregivers and with everybody, watch your words. Watch what words you use. Like when I said hanging in there, don't use words like that. You know, mm-hmm. joyful and grateful is much better. I always say when I leave, have a delicious day. And you see people like, I can remember years ago. I, I, I was having some issues and the bill collectors were calling me. And I'm sorry I didn't have the money. And um, he said, you know, Mrs. Burhans we're going to have to call you again next month. I said, I'll be looking forward to it. Maybe I'll have some money then. Have a delicious day. And they'd be like, oh, oh my goodness, somebody was nice to me. You know, because nobody wants to talk to those people, but they're just doing their job. So I can choose what words I use and how I use them. And then it all worked out fine. And You know, you just see, just watch your words that you use. If you walk around all day long saying I'm tired, you're going to be tired. Whatever you say, you're right. I'm glad you brought that up. That's
0: a really good thing to pay attention to because words have so much power in them and power in them, right? Like the hanging in there example. That's a huge one, right? It's, And I hear people go, oh, God, I'm always tired. Or the ones who say, I never have enough time. I'm like, well, you'll never have enough time if you keep saying you don't have enough time. Like, you know, it's no, no, no. you choose the words with um, some kind of focus that's toward your betterment, please. Exactly. Oh, that's wonderful. So one personal question that I, I just love to ask everybody. And that is, what's the most memorable food that you've
1: ever eaten? The most memorable food was actually my, my, my stepmother and my dad live in Manhattan, mm-hmm. and um, my dad's no longer with us, but my stepmother is, and uh, this was a few years back. For Christmas, they gave us food. My stepmother is the most fabulous Italian cook in the world, so I leave Manhattan with a big, huge suitcase full of frozen food that I'm bringing back to Florida, spaghetti pie, quiches, meatballs, all this stuff. And as I'm going to the airport, it's snowing. I'm in the taxi cab and it's snowing and snowing. I get to the airport and they're shutting down flights and they're shutting down flights and there's no food counters opened and everybody's miserable. And all of a sudden this one last flight comes in. We see it through the window. And when they come up to the gate, all these young men from Afghanistan get off the plane. And everybody's overwhelmed and stuff. And all those boys were hungry. I found somebody at the airport and we took all that food and cooked it up. And it was the best party we ever had. And this was like six years ago. And uh, about two months ago, a guy calls me up and he said, I came to visit my grandma in Florida. I was going to take her out to lunch. And she said, I have to listen to my caregiver show first. He goes, when I heard your voice, I remembered you were that lady in the airport. He goes, then I Googled you and I saw your picture and I said, yep, that was the lady in the airport. And I just want to say thank you. (laughs) It was such a delightful experience. Then for it to come back around six years later, who knew? That was the best food I ever had in my life. Oh, what a memory. Yeah. Oh, I have
0: goosebumps just hearing that
1: story. Oh, yes.
0: And then for it to come back around yeah through his mom you know like yeah like the probability of that if you just did statistics is is quite rare but when you look at the bigger picture of everything connected yeah it's just this this beauty that's just here you go,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> you go. oh my gosh i love it oh that's wonderful what a great story thanks so is, it, is there anything that you wanted to talk about today no. that we have not yet covered i think i'm good you're good. Okay. So I want to thank you, Linda, for being on the show today and sharing for me. sharing your great, vibrant energy with us. And if you've been listening to Linda and I and you just really love connecting with her or you're a caregiver or somebody knows a caregiver, check out all of her contact information in the show notes because there's a lot of it. And you will be able to reach out to Linda or listen to her. She has a radio show. She's all over social media, a book. Like anywhere you look, you're going to find her. And you will be inspired because I know I'm inspired by her every day. So thank you again for being.
1: Thanks. Have a delicious day. I'll talk to you Saturday.
0: (laughs) Yes. We're going to do an interview on Linda's show with me on Saturday. So that will be really fun. So remember everybody to keep your face to the sun. So the shadows far behind you because you're a rock star here on purpose with a purpose. So go out there, let your light shine and be all that you're meant to be. Remember. You are the best idea God ever had. So go for it. Until the next episode of Someone Gets Me, be well. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. I trust you gained some valuable inspiration and information. Please join me and other visionaries in the Someone Gets Me Facebook group. Or for more information on my services and additional episodes, visit someonegetsme.com. Again, thanks for listening.